Welcome everybody to another episode of Strife's Sanctum. My name is Citizen Strife, and this week I'm going to take a trip down memory lane to a show that I rewatched fairly recently, but was one released about 10 years ago to critical acclaim, finally getting its due and getting more content coming soon. And that one is Spice and Wolf. I remember seeing this right around the time it came out, or maybe a couple of years after it. And it was always a, an interesting case of a show that stuck to its guns, didn't change what it was trying to do, never tried to be anything commercially successful. You know, because most commercially successful anime are like big fights and weird spectacles or mech shows or harem things. And this one always felt a little different because it was a romance show and a drama at the same time. But it always had a sensibility about it where it was pleasant. Nothing was trying to work you. Nothing was trying to irk you. Really, this was a show about two characters traveling and getting into shenanigans. But it goes about it in a way that I don't think other shows do. And it harkens back to economics. Harkens back to trades and things of that nature. People selling themselves, selling their merchandise, talking about the world as it is in this medieval fantasy setting, trying to travel and trying to find ways through these towns and trying to make, make do so that they can continue traveling. But all the while knowing that what really sets it apart and what really makes it work never stops. And it's the interaction between two characters. And yes, there are multiple people here and there interspersed, but throughout the two seasons that they've developed, and again, hopefully this holds true for the third season, it's about how these two are almost the perfect couple. They get into little scrapes and japes and fights and jabs at each other, and yet they always seem to they always seem to just work. And I've said before that I'm not really the biggest into romance, but I'm okay with it when the characters themselves have a chemistry about them that really works. And I think what really sets this show apart is that both characters come across as likable, but they don't give an inch. They're able to stand on their own as people by themselves but together, they play off each other better than almost any couple I've ever seen. And I just want more of it. So if you're looking for a sort of medieval fantasy setting show with a romance layered on top of it with two characters that seem diametrically opposed yet work so well... It's almost frightening how good they are, even when they fight and even when they scrape. You want them to succeed. You want them to fall for each other, but it's not like 
combative. It's like they are cohesive and they know it and they just play off each other so well. If you want something of that nature, this is the sort of thing that you can resonate with. But who are these two characters I keep talking about? Why do I put this show on such high esteem? Well, we'll start with Kraft Lawrence, voiced in the English version by J. Michael Tatum, who was Sebastian Michaelis, one hell of a butler from Black Butler. So uh, I've heard um, J. Michael Tatum in almost everything for the last 10 or 15 years. He's slowly gotten into video games and such, like uh, Phoenix Wright Dual Destinies, and he was in Soul Hackers, but mostly it's kind of just small roles. He really was focusing on anime in the mid-2000s to 2010s, and he really brings across craft as this, or Lawrence, excuse me, as this well-to-do, well-meaning, and very sly merchant. And I think that's what sets this show apart, is Lawrence is not a do-gooder. He wants to do good, but he also understands that he's trying to make money. He's trying to be a peddler. He wants to open his own shop in this town, sometimes with his own friend character that he meets, but he's a traveling merchant. He has a sense about him. He's able to hold his own in arguments and understands everything about the world's economics and their structures, what's going on, who to talk to, how to deal with people. And he knows what to make the right deal when, but he's not infallible. And that's important because when you're talking about a show where the bulk of it is the economic standpoint, you need a character that's willing to take a risk, understand its risk, understand all of the facets of these deals that he's making with these people, sometimes fuck over those people, but also get screwed himself when things go bad. But he understands and recognizes those risks. And when the situation calls for it, even though he's not much of a fighter, will still be able to handle himself when he needs to. This is not an action show. This is what are the little machinations of each town and each little plot point? How does he combat all these little things that are going around him? So as he's traveling around in this in this world, this fantasy setting, he's got these, I believe they're furs at the first point. But he, he grabs things like spices. He'll grab, you know, little knickknacks here and there. And every town he's going to have his own little supply with him. But at the time, he has wheat, I believe, because he's going to a, a pagan town. And he meets up with Chloe, uh, Jamie Markey, or Marty, and, you know, panty from panty and stocking and whatnot. But she meets him and she wants to really open a shop with him and whatever. So they get into a little kind of scuffle and whatever. They have her portray what it, someone is known as the Holo the Wise Wolf. So she's portraying this character in this town for a festival that she's doing. She cuts the last clump of wheat. They meet up and she's kind of pining for him and whatever craft. I keep saying craft. Lawrence is how he goes by. Lawrence is kind of, you know, even though he does like her, he doesn't love her that way. So he's just kind of mulling it over. And then while he's trying to take a nap, he hears this sound in his cart. 
So the wheat gets kind of threshed, and he's trying to like, mm, okay, well, it doesn't think anything of it. Later on in the day, he finds Hollow the Wise Wolf, voiced by Brina, Brina Palencia. And I have said Brina was one of my favorite Funimation actors. She was um, Teresa in Tales of Berseria, plus God knows how much other Funimation stuff she's been in, but she's really freaking good. <laughs> Trust me on this. And this is kind of the role that she works out best in, because again, Lawrence and Holo work off well each other. What What is Holo? She is a wolf. She is a wise wolf. She is the best wolf, and she will tell you she's the best wolf every single second of every single day. She wants the finest things. She wants the finest meats. She wants the finest apples. She wants finest everything. So she finds Lawrence, and she says, I want to go north. I'm from the north. I don't want to be here anymore, trapped in this village for this festival, and this, because she is essentially a pagan god, of all things. Lawrence doesn't think anything of it until she turns into a wolf. And that's the kicker. She is a wolf girl, human girl with ears and tail, which she is well within her right to just make look good and put oil on. And she just loves the finest clothes and all this weird finery. So he doesn't think anything of it. He thinks she's just fucking with him. Decides to turn into a giant wolf. Think the wolf from, like, the beginning of Symphony of the Night times five or six in terms of size and scale. Just this big-ass fucking 30, 40-foot wolf. Just bleh. And then she turns back into a little girl. Well, not little girl. Like, you know, teenage girl, right? But, again, Hollow is the wise wolf. And they kind of work off each other she kind of pokes and prods him and gives him little things of advice and whatever and he doesn't think anything of it he finds out that he's in another kind of city so she she goes around asking for his help so they end up traveling together they end up finding out that the person from the original village chloe is making this plot and this show is devised in about five or six different subplots so in the next town over chloe is making this plot for some sort of item that they don't know about right yet but they're trying to capture holo mostly because she's working with the church holo is obviously not with the church because she is a pagan god she is not a christian it's not directly stated as christian but go with it it's like christian or catholicism but it's scared religious mobo jumbo and they don't want holo around so chloe wants holo out of the way tries to use lawrence to do so lawrence says fuck no fuck you lady and all this shit and then they end up kind of going about their merry way so things go on they end up meeting another female character uh nora arendt voiced by leah clark her whole thing is she's just a well-meaning shepherd. She's got a good doggo known as Enik, and they're trying to travel. In this subplot, their idea is we need to... I think some of their items went bad, 
and we took a shitty deal and now we need to make money. And that's kind of the core aspect of a lot of these subplots is Kraft gets uh, Why do I keep saying Kraft? It's his first name, but Lawrence is how he said, ah, fuck, whatever. Lawrence keeps getting fucked over by weird deals by the guilds in different towns, even though sometimes Holo helps him with deals. Like she'll sleep in the van or she'll sleep in the cart and then fuck over a merchant by saying that these furs smell like apples. So she'll put these pelts with these apples and he'll smell the apples and think that they're smelling of apples because they ate the apples and it turns to be a, just a nasty trick. Or she'll find that she's getting drunk and then she'll knock into a table, find out that the, the table was kind of leaning towards the other merchant's favor so they were trying to fuck them over and pay less money you know just little things she's able to perceive all of these little things that even lawrence on occasion misses but at the same time lawrence is able to see them himself so they kind of interact but when nora gets involved holo just gets all jealous and shit not sure why because she's holo the wise wolf and she shouldn't be jealous of anything but nora gets Lawrence's attention, she's a well-meaning character. She doesn't really do anything super special, but again, Lawrence likes her. Holo doesn't, but their whole thing for that subplot is they're trying to save a different guild and themselves from this crazy-ass debt that they have, so they're trying to smuggle gold. End up fighting wolves, but Holo, being a wise wolf and all, is able to get through it, which is, which is neat. Um, so... You go through the second season and you do some other weird things. Uh, one of them is with this weird, like, teenage boy kind of guy who's, fu you know, fucking around with this, like, fool's gold or pyrite, which is like this magical stone, which is supposed to save things. And it turns out it's just some stupid rock that people are buying a lot of. It's like a pet rock. Um, it holds about as much monetary value as a pet rock. Um but people want it for some reason, you know, fads and all. So he ends up co cavorting with Holo, only for her to fuck him over and go back with Lawrence. And then the, fin the final bit, there's another female merchant known as Eve Boland, and this is one of my favorite little bits. Um, she's voiced by Stephanie Young, who was Olivier Armstrong from uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. So she's in a town... She's trying to make money and scam people. She just scams the church with this, with this, these statues and whatever. Because there's all these other merchants going around and all this money is being made. And she's wanting a piece of it herself. Lawrence and Holo get suckered into it and they try to get screwed over. And that's kind of the, kind of the point. If it doesn't sound all that exciting, it's because the simple setup is just there. It's a medieval fantasy setting about economics and how the world kind of works and what these different merchants are trying to do to make a quick buck and how it, like, I mean, subtly scam people out of their money. And, you know, a lot of these are about how desperate of a situation are you? Because if you're indebted, you become a slave, or you become a prisoner, or you do this, or you do that, or the or Holo and Lawrence cannot keep traveling. So the drama isn't so much the stories themselves, it's how they interact with it, and how the economics of the situation work in their favor. Because again, the show 
is about those little plots, but again, it's about how Lawrence and Holo interact with each other. They're doing all these little things, like Lawrence is, you know, fucking around with Holo, you know, when she's just poking and prodding him. It's about, I just want food. You won't give me food because I am Holo the wise wolf. You meanie. Uh, you know, just, 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 and she's, he's just incredulous about the whole thing. Or whenever he's staring at Nora, you know, because she's a nice girl, Holo just has this weird look on her face, and her eyes are the best. Just this red, piercing eyes. And it, I think that's all it is. I said this before about Dot Hack Sign way back that faces and body language tell you more about a character than any of their words or any of their. Uh, anything else about them and the way that these two bounce off each other with the, their glances and their stances and their way like the way holo whenever she's happy or like her her tail will flap between her cloak but you can tell like her her ears will just pop out and you know she's still trying to hide it but it's just like i want all this food i can eat all these apples because i'm holo the wise wolf and then it just you know next scene she'll be passed out on the floor Lawrence will just be like, what the fuck? You know, but you can tell that the show is leading you to them kind of like misunderstanding their relationship, but also like you just know that they like each other more than anything else. So Lawrence is trying to get Holo to the north, but at the same time, he knows that they're falling for each other. They both know it, but they're always hiding these little like, no, I really don't like you, or I do like you, but I'm. But when they get serious, every once in a while, the facades kind of drop, and you really realize how indebted they are to being together. And the show really expresses that, because you know the difference between they're just being playful and, you know, jabbing at each other versus, oh, shit. They really, really resonate. And it's really striking because as, as good as the cool stuff about the economics and learning about different cities and how the medieval fantasy setting and how Lawrence is trying to make a quick buck and what he's selling and, you know, that's a good part of the show. But it wouldn't work if Lawrence himself or Holo herself weren't viable characters, if they couldn't stand above the material. And that's really what these two do is as well-written, as pleasant as the show is, these two overreach the material and make it something special because they just work. This is one of the best couples, couple pairings I've ever seen because it doesn't rely on stupid comedy, mostly. It relies on just subtle humor between two characters. Or, like I said, when another character gets in and they start getting jealous of this and or the you know little things like little happenstance, it's everything kind of leads back to how do they survive the situation? How do they work together to get through this plot that they're in, whether it's to make their money or to avoid a serious debt? And the only thing I can say is a negative is that if you're looking for action, I mean, it has tense moments, like thriller moments, and sometimes there's like bloodshed or Holo will go nuts as a wolf and start rashing and dashing, but those are very few and far between. Um, the resolutions to these shows are not action-based. They're, 
like let's run away or let's you know like very little action happens you're not going to see a lot of like swashbuckling and stuff like that this is not that type of show so it's not really a negative per se but if i had to say something it's this is a drama and a romance show this is about learning two facets of a thing and they're keeping like stupid humor and stupid comedy and you know high intense action and orient that's not what the show is trying to be this is trying to be a, a just a very slow but very pleasant experience about two people traveling a world and i resonated with this so well because it's not like anything i've ever seen before uh, there's no magical mysticism outside of Holo being a wolf or like other characters being different races every so often, but it's still humanity most of the time, just humans in a medieval fantasy setting. So it's very subtle. Its humor is very subtle. It's not trying to be in your face, except for Lawrence and Holo. If you want a character about... Or if you want shows about two characters, like, doing the, their best to get together, but also to survive together, this is that kind of special kind of show. Another thing I will say is that the openings and endings of the show, particularly the opening of the first thing, as the, I think it's Tabi no Tocho, Tochu, is one of the best OPs I've ever heard. And I don't take that lightly, because I've seen, you know, probably hundreds of shows at this point. And the fact that I can just sit there and be like, I want to listen to this song every single day. I want to watch this footage every single day. I want to watch people do covers of that song. And then every other one is good. You know, the endings are good. I think the opening to the second season is good too. But that first opening, just it, sometimes, much like Toradora, like the opening theme or an ending theme will just grab you and it will make the show as good as the show is even better because it's part of it. And... Again, that is part of it. So everything about this show is subtle, pleasant, and fun. It's not trying to be dark or mysterious or dopey. It's just good fun, and I'm glad we're getting a, a third season. I want to see this to its resolution. I'm sure they're going to get to the ending. I don't know if it's going to be season three or maybe even season four, but the fact that they're bringing it back tells me they want to get to that point. And I want to see Lawrence and Holo finish their journey. And maybe someday I'll review the end of their journey, but that'll be for another day. As far as next week goes, let me see what we're up for. Let me load up my thing here. Okay, so next week we have I, the Somnium Files. Nice little visual novel from the guy who gave us 999, Virtue's Last Reward, and Zero Time Dilemma. I enjoyed Somnium Files. I'm not going to do both. I'm just going to do the first one and then save the second one for later. But trust me, I enjoy it. Speaking of enjoyment, Death Parade is next, as far as an anime goes. Um, Death Parade is a much darker sensibility, much more in your face. Um, Star Ocean 3. I want to like it. I've heard good things about Star Ocean 6, even though it's got a shitty budget. I want to like these games. And I still do like Star Ocean 3, but man, there are some things I don't like. 
and then Shadow's House Season 2. So, we are in a busy, busy schedule. But I do want to mention, before I leave, that if you haven't voted yet for these polls or on my other channel, my gameplay channel, um, I was given rights to do community voting. So, if you haven't voted, the idea is, I don't think these are going to be in order, but I pretty sure that unless it's going to be a special episode that's how it's going to be so uh, i get five uh five options per poll right so i've done five games that i could review and then five anime that i can review right now ace attorney seems to be in the lead so i'm gonna let that run for another couple weeks and then that will take the That'll probably take its place. I think Full Metal Panic is also behind there. If if a show doesn't get picked, it'll just be redone. The poll will be redone, and I'll add another one. Like I said, I think unless it's a special episode, like special, uh, like an episode one hundred, or if it's a anniversary review or whatever, you know, I have an idea of what I'm going to do for my hundredth episode, regardless of what show it's going to be or or game. I think I know which one I'm doing, but that's not for another five to six months so i'm not worried about it my biggest thing is just get people to do their polls because i think it's important that as much as i like to do a thing if people want to see a thing first they should have that right so community polls will now be a thing so if you wanted to request a show you can do it in comments and whatever you can also just add them to the polls as we do them but the polls will be like one to two weeks i think the game polls will last a lot longer on my other channel because those playthroughs just take just take a lot longer but bear that in mind community polls will always be will always be a thing from now on you can always request a show for me to do i try to get reviews started within like a month in advance just so i can watch or i can play a game or if i have to re-experience a game i'll just do it on youtube instead if i can't access a game um, I need like two, two weeks of lead time to do a thing, which is why I'm usually picking things I have done recently or have knowledge of in the case of Silent Hill. So bear that in mind when you're doing things, it's probably going to be something I haven't heard of yet, but I want to review or to watch, bear that in mind. But in most cases, it will be stuff that I want to review, just want people to pick first. But I do wanted to throw that out there as a thing. As always, like the video, share the video, subscribe, and, you know, comment and whatever. I do, again, want to thank people for, you know, subscribing to the channels more. Like, I've gained more subscribers in the past three months than I probably have, even this month alone, than I ever have in terms of, you know, notoriety, you know, it's getting suggested to people, people are talking about it, you know, I remember the funniest thing on one of my gameplay videos was a guy was like, I don't know why this was suggested to me, but I'll give it a like, I'm like, that's awesome. In its own little way, I'm glad that I have a little corner of YouTube to myself, you know, that people are enjoying and people are happy about, and I just want to keep doing it, you know. So whether you're into the gaming stuff, whether you're into the anime stuff, we're all into the Japanese shit over here, and that's what we're going to be. I'm not changing for anything. But uh, that'll do it for me, and I'll see you guys next time. Citizen Strive, signing off.